real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Helen Hong. Hi, J. Keith. Good evening, Helen. What have you been up to since our last taping? Uh, I marched in the Women's March with my 70-year-old Korean mother. Wow. It was, yeah. How was was that? It was a challenge to get her there. (laughs) Uh, excellent. I recently returned from uh, the land of Asia. Ooh. I was in the Far East. I went to Taiwan and I went to Fukuoka, Japan. Wow. Is that where the, um, the radioactivity is? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> no, I think that was in Fukushima oh, where they had the, it, uh, the tidal it. wave yeah, and the, yeah. uh, the nuclear thing. Right. Now, Fukuoka is, is home of the, uh, the SoftBank Hawks, which is a Japanese baseball team that was not playing, yet I still went to the stadium. You're a true fan. There is not a lot to do in Fukuoka, it turns out, <laughs> but I enjoy that very much. They actually have a museum dedicated to Sadaharu O, who is the all-time uh, home run champion, Ooh. if you count all of the world of, of uh, baseball. And they have a very nice museum there. Wow. Which includes uh, plastic uh, replications of the food he ate as a child. Of course it does. They're very, of very course. thorough. Gosh, I, I, they're just so good at the food replications. Yeah. You know, I went to the Babe Ruth Museum and Birthplace in Baltimore. I don't remember seeing what Babe Ruth ate. No. So, you know, my favorite well plastic food replication is when yep. there's like the, the suspended chopsticks in med- Have you ever seen that? Yeah. And there's just chopsticks and nobody's holding them. I'm like, I like it. Yeah. Well, they have plenty of ghost food there in Fukuoka <laughs> as well. All right, let's, uh, let's do a show. Okay. Hey, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who's up first? She's a comedian and writer who co-created The Daily Show and is the founder of Lady Parts Justice. It's Liz Winstead! Liz Winstead! Woohoo! Liz Winstead! Liz Winstead! Right here, right here, Liz. Are you a little chilly? Welcome, Welcome, Liz. Liz. Thank you. It's very cold here. Now, Liz, you were from Minnesota, and yet you were finding the weather in January in Los Angeles to be cold. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're now an honorary Angelino. (laughs) No, I just didn't prepare. Oh. So I I have a Furby that I... Yeah, you look pretty comfy. How many Furbies had to die to make that coat? A lot. (laughs) A lot of protests going on here. Yeah. Uh, You also participated in the Women's March yesterday. I did participate in the Women's March yesterday. Yes. It was amazing. Yeah, you did. Were you surprised at what a big turnout it was in L.A.? They said we had over half a million people. I am not surprised. People are full of rage and want to burn it all down. So, no. Excellent. You know, it's like that's what we should be doing. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. And that helped inspire you to start Lady Parts Justice. Tell us a little bit about that organization. Yes. So um, in the scope of people never talking about issues that affect women and all people with uteruses, uh, it got massively frustrating to watch how the rise of extremism started happening. Um, People were taking to the streets with very noble causes And I watched as politicians and other supposedly fellow progressives were not centering issues of reproductive rights and justice in their work at all. And 
for me, if 50% of the population is having their humanity stripped away and having their access to their full um, agency, that should be something that we all care about. And so I thought, well, The Daily Show kind of worked with using humor to expose hypocrisy. Why not use some humor to expose these laws and these politicians? And then we travel every summer on a huge tour, and we go and help independent abortion providers. Um, We've been doing big shows, and then we have the audience uh, have a talk back with the providers and the activists that live in those places, and then we have our audience hear what they need, and then they sign up to help. So we're a conduit to grow activist spaces in really um, profoundly hard-hit states. That's what we do. And if people want to get involved or want to come see the shows, uh, where can they find out about that? You can go to ladypartsjustice.com and find out things and sign up for stuff. Things and stuff from Miss Liz Winstead. I love it. Helen, who will Liz be playing against this evening? He is a comedian who tours all over the world and is a regular panelist on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo Bowden. Please take a seat right next to Liz there. People need to adjust the microphone right toward you. You know how to do that. Professional. Well, Liz, thank you for having me. And uh, after Liz's speech, <laughs> like I feel like such a lightweight. Like and <laughs> Helen, in the tradition of wait, wait, where I always lose, yes. I'm going to go ahead and concede this one to Liz right now. <laughs> I'm is. just going to give up before it's we Alonzo's start. Thing. I actually, is that true? You usually lose on wait, wait, don't tell Not me? Not usually. I've, I've been doing it for seven years. I've won twice. Wow. I never win. I, and sometimes, like this week, this weekend I'm on, and I just missed, and it was arguable mm-hmm. if I missed because the answer oh. to a question was meteor, and I said rock, and they, they said I was wrong. So some people are arguing that I should have got that one. But usually, it, usually I just get decimated. Oh. Just sit there like I don't know any of these answers. But, but we have a lot of fun. And Helen, and you guys are fans, of Helen Hong, and you should know this. She's the happiest person ever to have done Wait, Wait. It is, it is, really, it is really incalculable am. how happy she is whenever she's on the panel. It's, my, it's one her. of my favorite things to do, and every time I go there, I have a big, big, cheesy grin on my face, and Alonzo mocks me every single time. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, playing in dangerous places, you've done some USO tours. That have yeah, I've, around the I've world. been everywhere with the military. The thing I love about the USO is I've gone places tourists don't get to go. Mm. Right. That's what I love. Like when we, we were in Panama and we went to the jungle training center for the army, like where the, where the real guys train, you know, and they showed us it's this. The guys that get up before the guys that get up at 9 a.m.? Right, yeah, yeah. These are, yeah. <laughs> the, the, these are the guys that could like kill you silently and you won't even know it, like you'd just be dead. And you're like, I don't even know what happened. Wow. Right. I did nothing, ha- I was just there, and then I was dead. And I don't know who, <laughs> like it's those guys, you know. So, th- so they have this jungle that is impossibly thick, like the kind of jungle where light doesn't get through, oh. you know. And they drop them in the middle of it, and they're like, okay, you have five days to get back to base. Like he- here's a stick and a piece of gum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, it's those guys. Right. But, but get it, so and now getting, here's a comedian. Right, right. right. <laughs> so getting to see those guys and getting to see that kind of thing was very cool. So my Iraq experience, when we went in 09, it was like a military operation, right? We, they had orders. We were in, they call them MRAPs, which are these giant sort of, they look like a giant armored car. They're what's replaced the Humvees, you know. And they would have three of them and one comic in each one. 
so oh, that if case. anything oh, happened, no. yeah, if anything happened, on. you wouldn't lose all of us. What? And wow, that's, we a, went, that's a time you don't want to be the headliner. We went down. <laughs> we went down a road, and they couldn't drive down this road because Iraq's I infrastructure was destroyed. So they literally had extension cords going across the street. That's how people got electricity. And they said, if we drive down and our antenna knocks off an extension cord, it's like a big thing, and they makes it mad at the military, blah, blah, blah. So they had to back out. So just to back out, they had to have three soldiers get out and guard the three streets of the intersection. Like, it was a serious, you know, we're like, holy shit, like, wow, you know, this is just a turn around, right? So this is how it was. And, and we went to various, uh, they call them FOBs, forward operating bases. It's the little bases where sometimes... There's 40 guys there, and like we're doing a show in the mess hall for 30 of them, while 10 of them are on guard and stuff, you know, that kind of thing, right? So it was, it, wow. but I love that because the experience is very cool, and the troops really appreciate you coming out there and blah, blah, blah. So that was in 09. In 11, when we go, we're like, so what's going on? They're like, man, traffic in Baghdad sucks. <laughs> like, it, 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 it become, yeah, it, that's when. Like, that's when we knew, yeah, it's time for us to get out of here yeah. because things had progressed to that was the, that was the concern. Like, yeah, traffic's going to be really bad getting across Baghdad. But other than that, we should be good. <laughs> you know? Lift surging amazing. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully tonight's uh, game will be a little less intense than that. But we oh, certainly yeah. appreciate we're, both we're of you being fun. here. Now, uh, before the show, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Liz, you told us you know a lot about fitted sheet folding. <laughs> Super good at it. Which is actually impossible. No. Yeah. I have a video. All right. Ooh. I didn't make it in Baghdad, but I do have a video. <laughs> <laughs> also, you said you know a lot about Scrabble mm -hmm. and uh, the 1980s Minneapolis music scene. Yes. All right. Uh, and Alonzo, you said you know a lot about motorcycles. Yes. The L.A. Clippers. Yes. And contemporary jazz. Somewhat. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm backing off that one. Oh, okay. Uh, it's in print already, so uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away some of those points. Your subjects today, chance and plants. Up first, Liz with chance. And tonight's first question was submitted by a listener. Ooh. Sue Savage from Blaine, Minnesota asks... Ooh. Yeah, this might be in your wheelhouse. Hi, Sue fellow Savage. Minnesotan, complete coincidence. Uh, Sue Savage from Blaine, Minnesota asks, what is the difference between fortunate and fortuitous? Fortunate and fortuitous. Uh, fortunate is um, having luck. Mm -hmm. Fortuitous is, I would say, how do you describe fortuitous? Um is coincidence. Hmm. Okay, I, th I was expecting more, but that's fine. Uh, okay, so <laughs> luck versus coincidence. All right, now we have... Uh... <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. I'm yeah. not going to wow. challenge. There's that... I'm there's not going to challenge her on that there, 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 There's that soft-spoken Minnesota uh, Liz that we've been Yeah, it's for. real nice. Thanks. Okay, very so good. from Blaine. All right, right, well, we have Liz's answer. We don't know if she's entirely correct yet, though. Alonzo... I like that your brevity, because it makes me think, oh, yeah, she knows what she's talking right. about. She's just like, boom. They say period. brevity is the something of wit. <laughs> um, 
Alonzo, here we go. We have Alyssa's answer. We don't know if she's entirely correct yet. Alonzo, if you don't think she got it exactly right, you can seal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think she got it exactly right? I think she nailed it. Yeah, All right. I well, let's find right. out. Uh, unfortunately, this segment has to end. So, Helen, <laughs> let's go to you at the judges' table for the facts. All right. Here are the facts. Fortunate simply means lucky. It's always good. Fortuitous means by happenstance or chance, which can be good or bad. For example, an asteroid hit my house, which was a fortuitous but terrible situation. I was fortunate not to be at home at the time. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't hear about that asteroid. <laughs> or, was it, or was it a rock? It might have been it a rock. rock. <laughs> Could have been a rock. It was Maybe a rock. <laughs> so, Helen, what does that mean as far as our scoring? Well, Liz, you got fortunate. That means lucky. So that's one point for that. Mm, you didn't quite get fortuitous, but... I I'm, said chance! Yeah. I believe you said coincidence. Yeah, oh. you said coincidence. So I'll give you a half point for that. One and a half points yeah. for Liz Winston. Already I hate the show. Liz. Liz. <laughs> Already I've been robbed. The patriarchy is so coming down on me right Liz. now. Helen Hong is the patriarchy. Let it be sealed. In yes. The Let's topple Helen Hong. She's judgmental. She's judgmental. And I'm no, judging you right now. So it, it was fortuitous for me, for Liz, to get that wrong? And, no, and fortunate for fortunate. you. It can be right. both. It yeah. can be both. Now, people seem to think they mean the same thing, probably because they start with the same five letters. They both have Latin roots, but fortunate comes from the Roman goddess of luck, Fortuna, where fortuitous comes from the Latin fortuitus, which means the same thing it does in English, by happenstance. Uh, all right, up next I'm is... I'm so glad chance. that wasn't the question. <laughs> yes, you're relieved? You're very relieved? Alonzo, well, all let's right. see how you do with yours. Up next is Alonzo, your subject today, Plants. That plant being the coconut tree. Here's your question to ponder. You may have a lovely bunch of coconuts, but you may not know how to turn them into drinks. That's what we call writing. What is the difference between coconut water and coconut milk? Oh, um, this is a great question. So, Thank you. Coconut water, what a lot of people don't know is a coconut is actually large green husk. And the brown thing that we call the coconut is actually the seed. So the water is between the husk and the seed. And the milk is in the brown seed that we're used to. That's the difference. All right. So just to clarify, you said the water is between the husk and the seed. Yeah. And, and then the, you, you, say... you hack open the big green part, and that's how you get the water. Right. And then you crack the, the white, milky part of the seed. Okay, so the milk is like inside the brown part. Yeah. Sounds like the worst night of sex ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you ain't spend a night with a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have Alonzo's answer, whatever it is. We don't know if he's correct yet. Liz, if you don't think he's got it exactly right, you can steal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think he got it exactly right? I honestly don't know. I'm just like fascinated that there was a green thing around coconut and you cracked that open and then the coconut's inside. I had no idea. Yeah. It came in a purse. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to say I'm not going to challenge Alonzo because he was so... He just said with such conviction mm-hmm. it, and then, and then when he doubled down, he said it exactly the same way, right? So that's how you know. So I think that he's exactly right. All right. Well, it's time to crack this baby open and see what's inside. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Okay. Here are the facts. Coconut water is what you find when you crack open a coconut, the liquid that's naturally inside. Usually, this liquid comes from unmature green coconuts. Coconut milk is manufactured. It's the result of scooping out the meat of the mature brown coconut, soaking it in water, and straining out the pieces. This produces a coconut cream and a coconut milk, just like cow's milk 
and they both smell like suntan oil, guys. <laughs> kind of lovely. What does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's exactly well put. Wow. I got it right. I don't I see said, how. No, here, here's what here's I said. Why. I said the green part is where you get the water, right, which is what you said. And I said the brown part is where you get the milk. And that's what your answer is. I believe said. there was something about it's something a green in between the brown and then the, the water. The brown but, part is inside the green husk. Look up a coconut. You will see. All right, Coconuts Helen, you are, are the judge. Green. I'm going to have to defer to you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give Alonzo actually half a point because you said the milk is inside the brown part, which is true. Technically. Technically, yeah. But the water is not between the husk and the seed. Everything is inside the brown part. Uh I wonder what you drank. See, this is... No, that's what I said. All right, I think a half a point is good. So, Helen, uh, after our first round, please give us a recap of the scores. All right, after the first round, Alonzo Bowden has half a point, and Liz Winstead has one and a half points. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself! Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brent Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. where our score is Liz Winstead with one and a half points and Alonzo Bowden with half a point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. We've got a very competitive game, especially between one of our guests. Liz... <laughs> Liz Winstead, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about fitted sheet folding, Scrabble, and 1980s Minneapolis music scene. Today we want to talk to you about Scrabble! 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 Although, if you can teach me how to fold a fitted sheet afterwards, I will give you extra Seriously, points. Seriously, I think we all need a tutorial. On that. Uh, what do you like about Scrabble, and how good of a Scrabble player are you? Uh, I'm a pretty decent Scrabble player. I would say what I really love about it is I was dyslexic as a kid growing up, and Scrabble, Scrabble was super helpful in trying to figure out how to like put letters together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. I like that you can... I love now that you can play online. I mean, I have it on every device that I own. I don't play words with friends. I was going to ask, what's yeah. the difference? They're not my friends. <laughs> okay. So it's the friends part that you have a problem with, not the rules of the I game. I mean, it actually used to be fun, and then it was like, it, and then it just became toxic because the political entered the Scrabble words with friends oh, thing. Oh, no, you're kidding. No, and so like if I played like Dotard, they're like, eh, rah, rah! and I'm like, it's a word. Wow. So uh, uh, that's interesting. I didn't know about the dyslexia. So uh, what, what was the transition point where you started to be able to understand how the letters went together correctly? I think it's just like using letters and moving them and just having your eyes and brain be focused on spelling mm. and laying things out and things like that. So, yeah. Fair wow. enough. And All I right. just think it's really fun. And I, like, I just really like words. And so for me, it's like fun to know the two-letter words and mm. some of the three-letter words and... The words that begin with Q that have no U. 
All right. I think They're Minneapolis so music would have been much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Well, we're going to do our best to make this fun. Just Five ahead, letter well, word beginning with P, Prince. See how I did there? Good one. Yes, very good. Just ahead, we'll enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Scrabble to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, just to let you show your love and show off, here are five trivia questions about Scrabble, each worth one point. Wait, about Scrabble? I don't know about Scrabble. I believe. Like, I don't know, like, when Scrabble was invented. I am so bummed out right now, you guys. This is, like, terrible. Okay. I believe you received an email and a text saying, What are three topics you know a lot about? Yes, I played the I game. And I believe of I Scrabble. received a reply that said Scrabble. Oh, my God. This is going to be a Disaster. I'm just handing everything over to Alonzo, my car, my mortgage, everything. Okay. Oh, we love your spirit. Um, all right, now if you want it, you are allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Okay, now Alonzo, listen closely because right. if Liz answers incorrectly, which she seems confident she will then do. Then I'll definitely know. That's right. By the way, how, how much do you know about Scrabble? Oh, Alonzo? yeah, well, Scrabble was invented in 1824 <laughs> by a French philosopher. What the hell do I know about Scrabble? <laughs> Probably more than me. Um, Liz, here's your first question about Scrabble. Which two tiles are worth the most points? The Q and the X. Helen? That is not correct. No, not correct. A chance for Alonzo to steal. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, the C. Q. (laughs) Something tells me the Z is worth a lot of points. I don't know where I got that from, but I'm going to go with it. I'm glad that's all you got from that. There's nothing else you want to add at the end of that? No. Yeah. So your answer is? Q and Z. Q and Z. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It's Q and Z. That is correct. Who would guess X? Anyone that is knew correct, it Alonzo. However, oh I know God. that you were aided by Liz's um, lack of inside no, voice. No, I wasn't. I didn't. No? What did she say? <laughs> wow. I didn't hear anything. Helen, why don't you want me to have points? <laughs> because she's the patriarchy. Every time I get a point, it's Maybe like, well... Maybe you shouldn't well, make fun of her uh, for smiling on, wait, wait, I don't just, tell me. You know. Who knows? Hey, that's... I don't know. Yeah, I will, uh, Alonzo will go with you. One point, okay. yeah. Okay. That's right, it is the Q and the Z. Each of those are worth 10 points. The X is worth 8 points. I know. Now. (laughs) All right, here's number two. In the game of Scrabble, what is a bingo? A bingo is when you lay out all seven letters for a word and you get an extra 50 points for doing it. That is correct. That is correct. Bingo indeed. Bingo. Number three. What game-making giant owns the Scrabble brand crossword game? Hasbro. Helen? That's correct. That is correct. It is Hasbro. In the U.S. and Canada, for international listeners, Mattel. Isn't this extra? It's Mattel outside of the U.S. and Canada. Okay. Uh, no extra points there, but here's a chance to get one more point. If you play the word nastier on the first play of the game using no blanks, how many points will you score? And you can, uh, can I use a give pencil, you a pen and paper? A pencil and paper here. If you play nastier on the first play of the game using no blanks, how many points Will you score? Ooh, Liz is good. She's being very strategic. Mm-hmm. You do have a hint available, by the way, if you'd like your hint. Oh, wait. Um, no. Okay. Ooh, that's Don't get confident. in her way. She's working right yep. here. This is great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to go with 66. Helen? That is correct. It is correct, 66. Wow. Wow. 
Do you want to break that down for our listeners? How did you get 66? So you get 66. Um, the, all of the letters in Nasty are worth one point, but when you go across in your first turn, you will hit a double letter score on one of those. Uh, when you cross, you double automatically, um, so you'll, that makes it 16. Wow. And then you get 50 extra points for laying all your tiles That is down. exactly correct, Incredible. Liz. Very well done. Liz, remind me to never challenge you to a game of Scrabble. That's right, why you didn't have any friends in words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> you were destroying people. Here we go, question number five. A key to increasing your Scrabble score, as you mentioned, is using two-letter words, many of which would not look familiar to a non-Scrabble player. Which of the following four words is not an acceptable two-letter word in Scrabble? A-A, A-B, C-O, or X-I? C-O. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Easy peasy. Wow. That's right. AA X- is a rough cindery lava. Oh, I was lava. about to give you Oh, the please, de- give no. us the definitions for... Uh, uh, it's lava, AA. Mm-hmm. Um, AB is um, abdominal or ab. Mm-hmm. Um, XI is currency, I think, in... Uh, it's an Asian country currency, and I can't remember which country. I think that Helen? might be QI, but, it, but <laughs> no. X, XI, at least XI is, is the Greek letter of the oh, alphabet. Greek letter of the alphabet. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. But either way, very, very impressive. Incredible. Good job, Liz Winstead. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, she's heating up. She's getting warm. Oh, I feel like, okay. All right, well, here now is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. Okay. Ooh. Can I still use a Two pen? Two people said ooh. That's, I that's said progress. ooh. Okay, very good. All right, here's your cluster fact. This question is so high-level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Now, you may know this right away. You may need to think on it. A pen and paper are provided. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Here we go. Given the rack of tiles... A-E-G-I-N-R-T. A total of five acceptable seven-letter words can be formed. For up to three points, name three of the acceptable seven-letter words from that rack. Seven-letter? Mm-hmm. Again, it's A-E-G-I-N-R-T. I can't wait to be under this pressure. <laughs> That's right. I'm so looking forward to this part of the show. That's right. Aren't you glad you didn't say you're an expert in Sudoku, Alonzo? So much. This is a problem, like, with the dyslexia. Mm-hmm. When I can't move the tiles around, it, like, mm. makes it really hard. Oh. You should have brought so the tiles. You should have brought me the tiles Sorry. instead. That's ah. like, hey, like, ooh, do yoga on paper. What? Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to cheat, I got my phone. Uh-uh. Yeah. Um, I know those people. Um, right. We already know how she feels about those people. They're not words with friends. They're words with cheaters. All right, I have one tearing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, If you have tearing, your other one should be tearing. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be your second word. Uh, Maybe I'll challenge Alonzo to a game of Scrabble. (laughs) That's two different words. Uh, Liz, we've given you some time to come up with the seven-letter words that are acceptable from that rack. What are your answers? Uh, tearing. Mm-hmm. Granite. Mm-hmm. And um, gingert. Gingert. All right. Tearing, granite, and gingert. Helen will take note of those words. Uh, we have an expert on hand to tell us the answers for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight, we have a former Guinness World Record Scrabble player and the director of one of the oldest Scrabble clubs in Southern California. It's Alan Stern. Alan Stern, oh ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Hello, Mr. Stern. Come up nice and close to that microphone, please. 
Hello, Mr. Okay. Stern. Hello, how are you doing? Very Indeed. well. Now, what, what is the world record that you were once held? Do I have to say this in public? I think it's very exciting. It's embarrassing. I was playing in a tournament locally in Eagle Rock in 1993, and I scored 338 points. What? That's not the record. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, I gave up 770 points, and that is the record. And combined, <laughs> so I share in the record for the highest combined score, 1,108 points. Very nice. And fun fact for you is that I was roommates with Matt Graham. No. Which is how I became oh. super obsessed with Scrabble. And for those who don't know, tell us who Matt Graham is. Matt Graham uh, played Big Blue in Scrabble, <gasps> and he was one of the biggest Scrabble like champions ever, and also a hilarious stand-up comic. Uh, wow. Yeah. So you come by it honestly. So I come by it honestly. <laughs> now, in addition, we mentioned that you run a Scrabble club, uh, which it says here in my notes, I have been to several times. You have. <laughs> but apparently quite, not in a, quite a long time. Not, not in a while. No. It's been a while. But uh, tell, tell, for the people who don't know, tell us what happens in a Scrabble club. Well, we have people come and show up, usually about 25 people on Wednesday night in Los Angeles. And we sit around, we play Scrabble in a club tournament atmosphere. We have uh, chess clocks. The games are timed. Wow. We play by rigid rules, official Scrabble rules. So this is uh, seriously competitive. Very serious. And, but and actually, is there the... booze? What was that? <laughs> is there booze? There is no booze oh, there, of course. There's no booze provided. So provided, there's no yes. Helen. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, how long have you been a director at that club? I've been a director since 1991. Wow. wow. That's a long time. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and now you also are involved at the national level. Tell us what you do at the national championships. I have been the uh, MC, Master of Ceremonies, for the North American Scrabble Championship for eight years. At least I did it for eight years. Yeah. I didn't do it last year. But, All right. Uh, yeah, eight years running. And I also uh, participate, too. Excellent. And do you how, think okay. that Words with Friends is baloney? Is baloney? Yeah. It's a little bit different. It's yeah. a bit different than Scrabble, the... Uh, Values of the tiles are different. Oh, yeah, your facial expression said it all. You were <laughs> like, being very oh. diplomatic. <laughs> no. The board layout is a little bit Ugh. different. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have the words with friends club director here. We've got... <laughs> <laughs> well, it really does. Once you start... You know, I played sort of as a, as a living room player, they would call it, for, for a long time. And once you start playing competitively, uh, you really start to see the, whole, the game uh, completely differently. And so what I found is playing words with friends... It, it, it broke your brain because, like, the, the tiles are different, the, the scoring is different, the, the way it's laid out is different. It's, it's not testing the same skills, I found. Right. Not often in uh, Scrabble can you play a four-letter word and score 130 points. That's right. Like well. words with friends. It's, it's very, <laughs> very good. All right. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight. You heard the question that we asked Liz and the answers that she gave. Let's remind everyone what that was. Uh, we asked Liz to come up with three of the five acceptable seven-letter words that can be formed from the rack A E G. I-N-R-T. Helen, what was the first word that Liz came up with? She said tearing. Alan? Tearing is correct. Tearing is yes. correct. That's one point for Liz. Also, as Alonzo pointed out, also tearing. Tearing is also but correct. We'll, we'll accept tearing, though. I so think. still only one point, though. Just so one realized point. I knew a word, and I was telling myself it was wrong, so I would have gotten all three. But I'm all right, we'll see what happens next. All right. What was the second word that uh, Liz gave us? Liz gave us granite. Granite, also correct. Also yes. correct from that rack. It's another point. And Helen, let's remind everyone the third quote-unquote word that Liz gave us. Liz gave us gingert. <laughs> Alan? I think that's good in words with friends, but not in... Oh! Bam! Sings! Not so, in official so Scrabble. So much shade. Now, Liz, you think you've come up with another one, not for a point, but just so you can show up. So, well, I am so dumb. I was writing tangine, but... It's Tejin, and Tejin would have been acceptable. If I'm only thinking. it had an R in it. You're R-less. You're R-less. Oh, I don't Much have... like Robert Wool, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. 
Right. You're right. Where That's we right. are. All right. So, Alan, what were the remaining uh, three words? There that, are uh, three other words. Mm-hmm. One of them is a bit odd. We'll go with that one first. And that word is gratine. 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 Who knew? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and what, was the, what were the other words? Well, we also have ingrate. Ingrate. Ah. And then the other one is tangier. Oh, no. Or tangier. you might pronounce it tangier, but it's tangier. Tangier as well. Tangier. Right. But Liz, getting two under pressure like that, I think, was very impressive. Wow. All right. Is there anything you'd like to ask our Scrabble expert while he's here? No. Well, yes, actually. I was having some issues when there was editing in the Scrabble dictionary. I felt like it was censorship. And I feel like a word is a word. And if the word is dirty or racist, it's still a word, and I feel like it should live in the world if it's a word. Uh-oh. Well, Alan, there are different dictionaries. Want to tell there us about dictionary, the dictionary yeah, that you might be referring dictionaries. to? There is the expurgated dictionary. That's what you're referring to. That's what you could buy in the store, and it says for home and school use. So they've taken out some of the uh, dirtier words or words that are deemed vulgar or dirty or maybe not so nice in our PC world, oh. and there are about 200 or so words that have been removed. However, if you go and purchase the list the actual list with no, definition, uh, no definitions in it, that will provide all the words acceptable for Scrabble. So do I have to have a secret code to ask for the list? <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have to go in and be like, I want the Scrabble Well, list. do you have to be a member of the organization still in order to buy the, uh, the tournament The word North list? American Scrabble yes. Players Association? Yes. Um, I believe you do have to be a member of that. It's yeah, a nominal can, fee to yes. join it. I should it join it. Yeah, we can and then you up. can go buy the book, the dictionary, and you'll see that any Scrabble club you might uh, go by. Yeah, great. But I right. still, I would still prefer to see you go into a Scrabble club, Liz, and go. Psst, do you have the list? <laughs> <laughs> and Alan, if people want to find you or your club, where can they do that? They can find that on the website for our club, which is www.thescrabbleclub.com. Thescrabbleclub.com. And Mr. Alan Stern, thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you. Helen, let's get a recap of our scores. Well, Liz had a great round getting six points. Alonzo stole one point in this round. So at the end of this round, Liz has seven and a half points, and Alonzo has a point and a half with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We'll talk with Alonzo about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Liz and Alonzo will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Yeah, Mark. Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Um, so I'm at this mafia restaurant. What? I'm going to go in and ask these guys what they think the best pasta shape is. Mark, they're probably eating it. I have a hunch that it's probably ravioli, but, I mean, you know what? That's a good idea. Whatever they're eating, I'll just take a look in their bowls Why don't and you see what they have. Maybe There's supposed to be a big meeting there today. Can you see it from the street? That sounds really dangerous. So I'm just going to go inside and ask. Don't, don't bother them. They're probably eating, you know. Well, look, I'm not threatened by them. How about we tell them what the best pasta is on our podcast? We got this with Mark and Hal. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank God. Tuesdays at 9? On MaximumFun.org. yourself where our score is Liz Winstead with seven and a half points and Alonzo Bowden with one and a half points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, everybody. Alonzo Bowden. Before we start, two things. One, I did not know there were Scrabble clubs. That is very interesting to me. And two, 
we're taking bets on how many points Liz beats me by. That's and what's the over under? That's the bet. The over under is three. All right, we'll see. So far, she's not beating. You stole one in that last round from her, so you know. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> Anyone listening, betting on me, I'm just telling you now. Right. Keep in mind, you Cover did concede the game before it began. I did. Okay, I so did. <laughs> nothing if not consistent. Uh, Alonzo, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about motorcycles, the L.A. Clippers, and contemporary jazz. Today we're going to talk to you about contemporary jazz. I knew it. <laughs> I knew they'd pick, pick the one I know the least about. Oh. Well, right, you, for, those, uh, for those of you at home, uh, Alonzo was actually wearing a motorcycle-branded jacket, so uh, he certainly came prepared to And rode that. up on his motorcycle and walked in with his helmet. Right, which is why you didn't give me that one. <laughs> I should have rode in on a saxophone. <laughs> They'd have been like, That's weird. Uh-oh. In my dreams, you do. They'd have been like, uh-oh, he's, he's ready. <laughs> all right. Now, now, first of all, how do you define contemporary jazz? Um, a contemporary jazz, to me, is, well, you have the more traditional jazz, right? The, the old bebop and traditional stuff that people probably, it's what people think of when you say jazz. It's the Miles Davis, John Coltrane era, Dizzy Gillespie, big bands, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have um, what is um, defined as smooth jazz. And, and I say that with a disclaimer because I know a lot of the guys who play that music, and they hate that title as much as people who listen hate that title. (laughs) And they they told me how it started. In the 80s, there was one DJ, and I I don't know who he was, but he literally took a portion of a song and said, this part is palatable to the audience because it's smooth. Because jazz, if you listen to jazz, it can be very complicated, very layered. and And to a lot of people, it's like, this is just noise. So he took the most melodic portion and said, you know, if you, if you had a 10-minute jazz track, he took three and a half minutes and said, we're going to play this on the radio. And it worked. Mm. And, and then, of course, it led to, you know, Kenny G and so on. And what a lot of these jazz musicians did in order to make money was instrumental covers of R&B hits. Mm. So contemporary jazz, to me, is that jazz in between. It's also... There are a lot of guys, um, you might hear terms, young lions of jazz. It's, it's a new generation of jazz artists, and these guys are great, and women, because they came up in a time where they, they're uh, mixing in hip-hop, and they're, they're using in, playing instruments that you wouldn't expect uh, to be used in jazz and instrumental music and playing in different ways. But they can also go back and play standards and traditional things that because they have the, they have the talent. And who are some of those artists that you think would define Uh, that? That would be guys like uh, Marcus Miller, Robert Glasper, um, Christian Scott, um, singers like um, I love Layla Hathaway, or, you know, there's there's a lot of artists. Um, Now I get to work with a lot of jazz musicians. Right, tell us about the scene that you're in now with the cruise. So I I do, um, there's a company called Entertainment Cruise Productions that I work with, and they do different jazz cruises. They have... It started out with what they called the jazz cruise, which was the traditional jazz. You know, they'd have big bands on board the ship and some jazz trios and, and so on. And then they did a smooth jazz cruise, which has become like just a, a party cruise. So I got to work with these artists, and I got to talk to them and meet them and listen to their stories. And, they, and it, they, you know, when they say jazz artists are cool, like, yeah, they're cool on a level that... <laughs> Humans can't attain. You know, they, they, they all meet presidents. 
this was we were huh. at, we were at a dinner, and they're all talking about how many presidents they've met <laughs> and how many trips they've made to the White House, you know. And, and I never forget George Duke because he's like, man, I thought I was in line to get something to eat. Now I'm in line to shake hands with George Bush. And once you get in the line, they don't let you out of the line. Secret <laughs> service. Like, like he was upset, you know, like, man, I'm here for the buffet. I ain't here to meet nobody. And, and you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around like, yeah, I got nothing. Like, I, I can't get within Secret Service distance of any president. Wait, so you're on the cruises as the comedian. I'm the comedian. When people are sick of the 24 hours of jazz, they're like, let's go see some comedy. No, no, actually, I am. I tell everyone, I'm the fan with the best seat in the house because mm-hmm. I can go backstage and I can hang out. And the, the way I got the gig is because I listen to jazz, I was able to make fun of the musicians. And they love that. They uh, lo- they're like, man, is he going to roast me tonight? Outstanding. So, well, so certain- now, after saying all that, watch me get all five questions wrong. <laughs> well, indeed. Uh, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in contemporary jazz to test your mastery in this subject with an expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you are allowed a total of two hints among these five questions. Now, Liz, <laughs> listen closely, because you can steal if Alonzo gets any wrong. Liz, by the way, how much do you know about contemporary jazz? I know a little bit. Oh, okay, very good. Okay. Well, let's see how this goes then. My best friend owns a jazz record label. Oh. Pi Records. You know Boom. Pi? Boom. She yeah. just won. All right. <laughs> no. No. So um, I might know something. All right. That, that is good. something to keep in your hip pocket. Like, oh, you want to talk about music? My friend owns a music label. Oh, nice. And now I will destroy you. <laughs> Here we go. Question number one about contemporary jazz. Alonzo, who is the managing and artistic director of jazz at Lincoln Center? Wynton Marsalis. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It is Wynton Marsalis. Out the gate with confidence. Number two, what multiple Grammy-winning jazz saxophonist or saxophonist performed the sax solos on David Bowie's Young Americans and the theme to L.A. Law? Oh, wow. Um, That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to, let's see. You do have a hint Played with Bowie? Yep. I'm going to guess David Sanborn. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. David Sanborn. All right, here you go. You're two for two. Here is number three. What jazz fusion legend is a noted Scientologist contributing to... Chick Corea. Chick Corea. <laughs> Liz, inside no, voice. No, I, I had that. No, I, he had it. I didn't it. even yeah, hear it. No, I know it's Chick. I know it's Chick. You know what? I wrote a full question. <laughs> no? No, it's cool. No, it's cool. I'm I didn't, so I didn't... sorry. I do this when I'm on, like, charades teams, so I'm guessing for the other team. Yeah. Uh, hey, Helen, is he correct? He is correct. It is correct. It is Chikoria. Yes. I think you'll enjoy this factoid, though. Uh, he contributed to Space Jazz, the soundtrack of the book Battlefield Earth. <laughs> we'll forgive him for that. Okay, that's... very good. Alonzo, you were three for three. Here's question number four. From 2004 to 2012, what trumpeter had four consecutive studio albums hit number one on the Billboard Jazz Chart? Ooh, uh, trumpeter from... 2004 to 2012? Oh, that's a tough one. You do Um, have a hint available. Can I get a hint? Helen, how about a hint? Yes. He appeared in season three of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That tells me nothing. What? (laughs) Talk about a giveaway. (laughs) A trumpeter who was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Season three. Oh, man. Um, And he's had four hits. I'm, I'm going to throw out a name, but Roy Hargrove, I don't know. Helen? 
That is not correct. No, it was not Roy Hargrove, although I do enjoy his music I very much. Him. Liz, you have a chance to steal. Trumpeter? Yep. I don't lose anything if I guess. Do not. Um, Real Housewives. Real Housewives. <laughs> Beverly season, Hills? Season three. Season three, Helen? Season three. Season three. Not season two. No, that would be ridiculous. Because that would have gave would it away. Yeah. yeah. That was Roy Hargrove, I think, was on season two. <laughs> Liz, what the heck? Just make... N- n- Say make a it. name of anyone? Say a name of anyone. Give a, give a shout out to a friend of yours. Chuck Mangione. Ooh, is it her friend, Chuck Mangione? No. No, no incorrect. No, it was Chris Bodie. Chris oh, Bodie yeah, that's those. right. Yes. Yeah, that would make sense. Yes, Chuck un- Mangione played flugelhorn. Yeah, I knew yeah. he didn't even play the horn. He was just but a yeah, name I, I remember. Yeah, I mean, that, Chris Bodie, yeah. that would have All right, been, you missed that one. Right. By the way, all four of those albums also charted in the top 40 of the Billboard 200 charts. A little wow. crossover there. Bodie's very popular. All right, let's see if we can get you back on track. Here's number five. Best known to pop audiences from his 1985 top 40 hit about the Vietnam War, what artist has had 14 top 10 albums on the Billboard jazz chart? Ah. Uh, Pop audience on the Vietnam War? Mm-hmm. I know there's so many of those to choose from. How can you uh, choose this one? You do have a hint available, Alonzo. Yeah, I got to take my second hint now. Mm-hmm. I think you'll enjoy this, Helen. I would have guessed he would have 19 albums there. If you know who it is, that is an outstanding hint. Yeah. I read Obviously it, the audience I read it has and I didn't even know this. what it meant. Okay, 14 top jazz, and he did something about the Vietnam War? A top 40 hit about the Vietnam War yes. in 1985. Yes, and he's had 14 top 10 albums on the Billboard Jazz chart. No, 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 no. I'm going to just throw out a name, Al Jarreau. I don't know. Was it Al Jarreau? It was no. not Al Jarreau. Liz Winstead, a chance to steal. A 1985 hit? Mm-hmm. Like a song hit? A song hit. No, he ran around punching people. What do you think? Yes, it was a hit song. A big 1984 mm-hmm. Vietnam War hit. Uh, no, uh, Jeff Warber. Was it Jeff Warber? It was not no, Jeff No, it was Paul Hardcastle. Paul Hardcastle with the big hit 19. Who's, I don't even know who Paul is. I know who Paul Hardcastle is. He's kind of an electronic piano Apparently guy. he had several top ten albums on the Billboard yeah, Jazz chart. But, but yeah. you know the thing? Uh, Every Paul Hardcastle record sounds like the same record. Like he just has a sound that you know it's him right away. Right. But no, I wouldn't have guessed that in 100. So what is the na-na-na-na-na hint? That was a song called 19, and, and, and I believe it had a scratch part that went uh, na 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 19, 19. Because I believe the average age of the uh, soldier in Vietnam was 19. I think that and was where was this point. a hit? In the America? In Vietnam. You got, do, the audience, do you know this song? 19? Yeah. Okay. All I know is all, I those, all those who remember the war, they won't forget what they've seen. Destruction of men in their something, and whose average age was 19. Yeah, okay. Really? All right. I have the 45 have and no Can anyone sing it? Paul Hardcastle. I think I just did. They all were right. part of yeah. the Minneapolis music scene of the 1980s. I definitely know who Paul Hardcastle okay. is, but I did not know about the song 19, so good for him. Okay, here now is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your Cluster Fact. Much we'll be, better, guys. Yes, very Much nice. better. I appreciate it. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. It's a little complicated, but I think, you're gonna, I think you've got a good chance. My you're, answer is tearing. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was jazz tearing. Is so much cooler than knowing about Scrabble. I just want to say <laughs> that I acknowledge that in the presence of everyone. It's all relative. Here we go. 
The 2002 Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Jazz Album went to a jazz fusion record from a multi-instrumentalist who 10 years prior won a Grammy for writing and producing the best R&B song. The album featured guest artists including Herbie Hancock, Branford Marsalis, Maceo Parker, and Shaka Khan. For up to three points, name the multi-instrumentalist performer, his Grammy-winning album, and the record label that released it. The 2002 Grammy. That's right. Now, mind you, all the jazz Grammys are the ones given out before the show comes on TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. you, ex- no, I know this because I know the people who've won them, and they're like, okay. yeah, we're out before, the, before it gets dark. We're gone. We're just, <laughs> like, come on in here. You won a Grammy. Now, beat it. We got, you know. There are I, other context clues, though, that could help you get this. There are what? There are context clues in the question that could yeah, help you get Yeah, and you said in 1992 he won, he, he won, or she won for... Uh, he won uh, a Grammy for writing and producing Best R&B Song. In 1992, which is another one that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow, and he's a multi-instrumentalist. He's a multi-instrumentalist, he and he worked with this, on this album. He worked with Herbie Hancock, Branford Marsalis, right. Maceo Parker, and Shaka Khan. Quincy Jones. Okay, Quincy Jones and the album. I'm picturing the album cover, and I'm trying to get the name of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to kill me because I know it's, it's in my phone right now. <laughs> um, this do? is killing me. Well, then we're doing it right. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, let's see. The name. Would you like a pen and paper? Because we did offer that to Liz, if that will yeah, help. No, no. I'm, I'm not even going to guess. I just, just tell me, and then I can look. I'm going to show Liz on my phone that it's there and hate okay, myself. Okay, so you're only going to give one part of the three-part answer, and you're going to say it's Quincy Jones. Yeah. All right, let's uh, make a note of that. Uh, we have an expert on hand who can tell us the answer for sure. Helen, who do we have with us this evening? Here with us tonight is a multi-instrumentalist jazz fusion artist. It's the winner. Who won two Grammy Awards. It's Marcus Miller. Marcus Miller! You are kidding me. <laughs> you. <laughs> Man. Come on up, Marcus. I said your name 15 times. That's right, you did. <laughs> Come on I didn't up, know Marcus. you won in 02? Yeah. Which, which record you win for? M squared. M squared. Marcus, let's get nice up close I to that microphone, please. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's how what's cool going to kill you. Wait, how cool is, that is it? That I have M squared. I guarantee you I have something off M squared in here. Let's see. Well, let's right. say hello to Marcus first. Hello, Marcus. Thank you so much hey, for joining us. Everybody. Marcus Miller, ladies and gentlemen. All right. And Marcus, as Alonzo as Alonzo mentioned, there it is. Yep. It's on his phone. There's the album on the phone. So you certainly did have the knowledge somewhere. I did. Yes. I didn't know. I knew you won Grammys, but I didn't know that you won a Grammy on M Squared. Yeah. Hey, how cool is it that uh, I got confused with Quincy Jones? That's not. Yeah, so that's bad. Not, that's not bad. You could do worse. I mean, well, I mean, you, you I mean, two are the two guy, only two guys who could do that. Uh, well, Marcus, so tell us how you and Alonzo know each other. Well, we actually met on the uh, on the jazz cruise. Mm-hmm. Now, Marcus, Alonzo mentioned that he, uh, he, likes, he likes to roast some of the jazz musicians on the cruise. Have you been a victim of such a roast? <laughs> and if not, would you like to be now? Dude. We Dude, do have a bit of a day of setup here. He does it every cruise, and I, I have scars everywhere. Because <laughs> he's merciless, and the fact that we're really good friends, you would think that I'd get a pass, but it just makes it worse. <laughs> now, as Alonzo mentioned, as we mentioned in the question, you've worked with some amazing musicians. Uh, the one that I was particularly impressed by was you worked with Miles Davis. You were one of the last collaborators with Miles. How did that happen? Um, I, I'm from New York, and I was making a name for myself. And uh, Miles Davis had been in retirement for six or seven years at the time. And uh, 
I was on a recording session for a, a group that I don't remember what group it was, and the receptionist handed me a note, and it said, call Miles. <laughs> what? So it's like saying, you know, getting a note that says, call Jesus, you yeah. know? But I think most of us know how to reach Jesus. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a little tougher to reach Miles. Anyway, I called the number with him. He said, I'm coming out of retirement, and I heard you were the guy, so can you show up at the studio in a couple of hours? What? And the next thing I know, I'm playing with a guy that I didn't even before that know if he was still alive. Uh, and uh, that was the beginning of off and on. I played with him for about 10 years. Outstanding. And Alonzo, you had something you wanted to add yeah, about Jay that? Yeah, this is, and this is to give you guys an idea. When I said how cool they are and why I have nothing, <laughs> Marcus, tell them how old you were when Miles called. 21. Mm. What? What were you doing at 21? <laughs> I, don't, I, would, I didn't get a call from Miles Davis at 21. I, don't I was remember. memorizing two-letter words on a snowball <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I do I actually even... have a sort of Miles Davis story. Really? So I, lived, I live in New York also, and a friend of mine, my neighbor, was this crazy artist from Brazil. And I have a big orphan Thanksgiving dinner every year. And he's like, I have some friends who are going to come to your Thanksgiving. Is that okay? Set two chairs. And I go, sure, fine. So I'm making my Thanksgiving dinner, and the doorbell rings, and I open the door, and it's Ayerto and Flora Purim, who are the friends that he's invited to my dinner. And I look at them, and a friend of mine is a big jazz fan, and I'm walking down the hall to my house, and I'm like, <laughs> and it was like the coolest night ever to talk to those two over a meal that I made. So that's my exciting side. And, side they, were, and, and they were in one of the original groups that Alonzo just mentioned, the Return to Favorite Chick Corea group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're working on a record now, aren't you, Marcus? Tell us about I'm that. I'm working on a new record, and uh, uh, it's on Blue Note Records. And Blue Note, uh, hopefully they won't hear this podcast because I'm supposed to be working on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll get it Nobody done. tell Blue Note. Yeah, nobody tell Blue Note. <laughs> uh, I'm no. going to tell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cost me three points. I'm talking. <laughs> you couldn't have whispered that answer from back there. You <laughs> hiding out. You could have threw your hat up on the table. I was thinking, I was, <laughs> if you threw your hat up here, I'd have had it. I was thinking about sending you, like, texts all day just to, so that I was on your mind, but like I said, I got mentioned like five times yeah. this evening. How bad would it have been if I didn't mention you? Yeah. <laughs> if I just talked about everything, oh man, I'd say, wow, Stanley really? Clark. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's get back to the reason that we uh, originally brought Marcus here today was the question that we asked Alonzo. Just to remind everyone, we asked Alonzo about the winner of the 2002 Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Jazz Album. What was the name of the artist, the name of the album, and the label? Helen, let's remind everyone of all of the answer that Alonzo gave us. <laughs> Alonzo said the artist was Quincy Jones. Marcus, is that correct? That is incorrect. All right, so just for the record, if, if you were, the artist, uh, just for the record, who was the artist, what was the record, and what was the label? The artist is uh, yours truly, Marcus Miller. The name of the album is M Squared, and it was released on the Telarc jazz label. Wow. Excellent. And if people want to hear about more of your work or see you uh, play, where can they find you? Uh, Facebook, Marcus Miller Band, uh, MarcusMiller.com. And uh, working on a new record, and we'll be hitting, hitting the road in the spring. Mr. Marcus Miller, yeah. thanks for joining us. Stay here. And Helen, what is our... Until, oh, sorry. Up until two minutes ago, <laughs> up until two minutes ago, you could have found a link to his page on my page. <laughs> <laughs>
go on the next cruise that you both go on. Sound really fun. So Let's that I can it, see you like hazing each other. Great. That sounds amazing. Trust me, everybody's gonna know that I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think our podcast is gonna have a big jump of subscribers in the Caribbean soon. <laughs> All right, Helen, going into our last round, what is our score, please? Going into our last round, Liz Winstead has seven and a half points, and Alonzo Bowden has four and a half. Well, that still is anybody's game with our final Fast Facts round coming up. We're going to crown a winner when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Line. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Liz Winstead with seven and a half points and Alonzo Bowden with four and a half. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, everybody. What a game we've had. It is now time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'm going to read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'm going to start with Liz and alternate between each guest. We'll keep the discussion to a minimum. Each correct answer is worth one point. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Are you ready? Yes. Alonzo? True. Very good. (laughs) And we begin. Liz, a parallelogram has four sides. True. Correct. That's right. Alonzo, 14 is a prime number. True. Incorrect. Oh, incorrect. False. No, no, that's right. It is divisible by more than itself right. than one, namely right. two and seven. Liz, on Bewitched, Samantha had a cousin named Samantha. False. It was Serena. Ooh, correct. That's right. She had several cousins. None of them were named Samantha. Alonzo, on I Dream of Jeannie, Jeannie had a sister named Jeannie. Wow, is this a setup? <laughs> uh, what, what would I guess? I'm going to guess false. Incorrect. No, that is true. true. Liz, no, Walt Disney died the day before Walt Disney World opened. False. Correct. That's right. It opened in 1971. He died in 1966. Is there 1966. anything you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo, New York's Times Square is named after the New York Times newspaper. True. Correct. That is correct. Liz, Los Angeles was the first city in America with two area codes. True. Correct. That's right. The 818 was added in 1984. And I've not gone there since. Alonzo. <laughs> Alonzo, Spain is larger than France. True. Incorrect. No, that is false. Liz, Germany is larger than France. False. Correct. And finally, Alonzo, France is larger than France. They, they measure it on a curve. Um, <laughs> is France larger than France? I'm going to go with false. Correct. That is correct. Let's give that a nice a hand to both one. of our guests, Alonzo Bowden and Liz Winstead. As Helen Hong tallies up the score. Helen, are you ready to declare a winner of today's Go Fact Yourself match? I am. At the end of the game, Alonzo Bowden has six and a half points, and Liz Winstead has 12 and a half. Liz Winstead, you are a facting champion. Thank you. You're formidable. Liz, what will you do with your Go Fact Yourself championship? Um, I think I'm going to... 
I'm going to go on that jazz cruise. I'm going to take my winnings. Yeah. Not if I have anything to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's sold out for the next 18 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to wrap things up, give our guests a chance to uh, mention any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Liz, what do you have going on people can see in here? Um, You know, just uh, if you love comedy and righteousness and justice, uh, go to ladyparchjustice.com, and you can have a combination of all those things and put yourself to work to make the world a better place. Liz Winstead, ladies and gentlemen. Alonzo Bowden, what do you have going on? Absolutely nothing. I quit after this. <laughs> wow. It's been a horrible experience. You're really I'm taking it well. never going to do this again. <laughs> um, you, you can follow me anywhere at alonzobowden.com or, or just look up comic Alonzo. It'll be me or Christella. I think, <laughs> I we think love you both. know which is which. <laughs> Alonzo Bowden, ladies and gentlemen. Your co-host has been Miss Helen Hong. Yes, thank you. You can find wherever I'm at at HelenHong.com. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and me, I'm on uh, Twitter at J underscore Keith. I'm on Instagram at JKeith.net, all spelled out. And uh, you can uh, read about the flights that I recently took uh, to Asia on ThePointsGuy.com. Uh, that just leaves me to thank Liz Winstead, Alonzo Bowden, Alan Stern, Marcus Miller, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night! Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like Jay Clico did. He said the show is lively, informative, and funny. Could be a TV show, but works great as a podcast. Thanks, Jay Clico, who may be my uncle. (laughs) Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and Jay Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Christian Duenas. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Tom Meek, Trip Payne, BB Green, Mike Avianos, Sean Growley, Stella Chow, Cody Lawrence, and MC Velada. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. I've been Helen Hong. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.